Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to this special five-part podcast series sponsored by Affiliated Monitors, which celebrates Affiliated Monitors' 15 years in business as the first entity specializing in independent integrity monitoring. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides independent integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally and across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in nearly 750 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance programs, visit this podcast series sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. Over this five-part series of Why Culture Matters, I'm joined by Jay Rosen, the Vice President of Business Development at Affiliated Monitors, who is the sponsor of this podcast series. Corporate culture exists in a space between what an organization professes and what it does. It is important to pay attention to corporate culture as disconnects in this reality can be quite costly. Think about the continued imbroglio around Wells Fargo. In this series, Jay and I will be exploring key aspects of corporate culture, including why it matters, what influences culture, the CCO's role in culture, assessing culture, and how to use that information to improve culture. I know you will find this series very useful and quite enjoyable for every compliance professional. In this episode four, we take up the question of how a company assesses its own culture. This series is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Thank you for listening. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back with Jay Rosen, Mr. Monitors, also Vice President of Business Development at Affiliated Monitors, for our concluding podcast in our five-part podcast series of Why Culture Matters. This has been a, uh, a great series sponsored by Affiliated Monitors. And today we're, today we're going to conclude with the question, how is an ethical culture a part of an overall ethics and compliance assessment? So, Jay, uh, first of all, welcome back. Thanks, Tom. I can't believe the week's already over. It's just flown by, but I appreciate the opportunity to uh, speak about this part, uh, especially the part is how uh, ethical culture is part of the overall ethics and compliance program. So let's start off and begin with an exploration around the areas assessed to help determine if a company has an ethical culture. We'll need a framework for such an assessment, and it makes sense to start with the program itself. This involves a thorough review of what does the organization's compliance program look like? Does it meet its foundational tenets? So the first question we'll ask is, Does your is your training focused and is it effective? We should ask questions such as these as whether it is educational. Does it have a process for detection? And is there some type of remediation when something is found? From this baseline, we consider what the company is doing for training to educate staff Are they really touching on the elements of parts of education the staff needs to know? And is it meaningful to them in their position? Next, we'll need to talk to the employees in the field. It's proper at this point to determine the alignment between the aspirations laid out in the organization's culture with the reality of the ground. It could be as simple as whether there is training and the depth of training. Are there detection methods in place? 
helplines and internal communications, and most importantly, are people comfortable using the helpline to communicate information? So, Jay, uh, it sounds like one of the key inquiries is around training and whether that training is focused and effective. Would that be a fair assessment? So um, to talk about fairness now, let's talk about institutional justice and culture. Institutional fairness and institutional justice are key indicia of culture. Another way to look at this is through the lens of accountability and internal enforcement. This can turn on whether there is an effective disciplinary process, if it's fair and objective. If it does not meet these basic criteria, the compliance program probably does not fulfill its obligations. And this speaks to even a low or negative culture. This reaches this reaches to how companies may treat third parties. So now let's take a look at the disciplinary process. Some companies have a strict process for dealing with ethical violations. Then you find out that the same company's efforts to instill these types of accountability and enforcement with third parties is meaningless. Put another way, if you have a zero tolerance policy and allow someone to work with your organization who violates this policy, it may well negatively impact your culture. A company should review the foundational elements of culture. This would include holistic pieces around an ethical culture, including the recruiting process, performance metrics, the communication process, internal controls, and of course, independent assessment. So let me, uh, Jay, uh, when people think about discipline, they think of the flip side of discipline, which is incentives. Uh, I think about incentives, obviously a, a potential salary incentive, but there are other incentives in a corporation. We both work in corporations, and the incentive for advancement is certainly a very powerful incentive. Incentives. Does the fair process doctrine or institutional fairness that you've been you've been talking about also go towards um, opportunities for advancement within a corporation or what we would call promotions? Let's let's take a look. This means that if senior leaders are being perceived as fair, employees generally will view them with greater favorability. However, if there's a perception that quote you're on the inside, you will do well with the organization. And if you're not on the inside, you won't do well, unquote. It's a strong statement of culture or lack of culture. How you treat your employees and how they see themselves within the organizational structure is a foundational element of a strong culture. This means in focus groups and interviews, one item that is important to discern is whether or not there is perceived fairness, objectivity, and trans. Parents. Um, now let's look at a paper program. This is the bane of most cultural uh, programs. And these factors are important because even if a company institutes a standard compliance program and concludes they have a great compliance program, the reality is quite different if it is merely a paper program. Your organization must determine if the compliance program is real and then how to make it impactful. The Department of Justice would say the program must be operationalized and staff should be vested in this compliance program. If your compliance program is like a blinking neon light with intermittent flashy policies and messages, but the company uh, only, but this information only lasts for 10 minutes, then your program is doomed to failure. Sadly, this type of approach will not last. If an organization is going to achieve cultural change, 
It must be done in a manner which really touches people. And it's not just the flavor of the month kind of thing. This can be only achieved by learning about your people and discovering what is important to them. You're driving towards a concept that I've heard um, described as accountability. And accountability, as I've heard it described, is you're not accountable for uh, turning in a paper on time. You're not accountable for getting a project done on time. You're accountable to each other. You're accountable to persons. And it seems like what you are articulating is a culture of accountability, and that's accountability up the ladder and down the ladder as well. How would you see accountability as a key component of a corporate culture? A great way to kind of take a take a look at this as we're closing out. Um, if there are serious violations of a company's ethics policy, be it conflicts of interest or code of conduct, and if this abuse goes unpunished and everyone in the organization knows about this non-enforcement, this diminishes any and all goodwill and efforts that have gone into be creating your ethics and compliance program and crafting an ethical culture. If the organization does not do anything to enforce it when something serious happens, it literally becomes a futile exercise. So, Jay, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but this has been in a fascinating five-part exploration of why culture matters. Uh, we're going to link to your articles on CCI in this for people who want a little further definition. And uh, I would really encourage people to, to reach out to Jay because uh, both he and his colleagues at Affiliated Monitors really focus on this and put a lot of thought and thought leadership. Thanks, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of our new five-part series on Why Culture Matters. This series has been sponsored by Affiliated Monitors, and I'm joined throughout this series by Jay Rosen, the Vice President of Business Development at Affiliated Monitors. If you have any questions of Jay, you can reach him at jrosen at affiliatedmonitors.com. You can reach me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. I hope you'll join us again for another episode of Why Culture Matters. This special five-part podcast series has been a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.